0: And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that max likes to tell so tune in to mysteries about true histories with your kids you can follow and listen on apple podcasts or wherever you get your pods welcome to mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception to pregnancy and postpartum real stories
1: from moms and family members who have made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. On this episode, we're talking with Lisa Cross about finding empowerment and meaning in your story. This is an essential piece of making your way through the struggle and suffering that can come with pregnancy and postpartum. I'm really excited to talk about this today to help give you some perspective and hope on how to get through this sometimes very difficult time. Our guest today, Lisa Cross, is a licensed marriage and family therapist who's in private practice in Plymouth, Minnesota, and also serves as the co-director of a nonprofit organization called Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota. She has a certificate of training in perinatal mental health through Postpartum Support International. 12 years ago this August, Lisa welcomed her first child into the world. Along with her daughter came an illness called postpartum OCD. Unprepared for this disorder, she embarked on a battle to understand and overcome her illness. It was this experience that led her to focus on a career in perinatal mental health. Thank you, Lisa, for being here with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk with you about this, just even the idea of finding empowerment and meaning in moms' stories and people's stories who are dealing with this stuff, pregnancy and postpartum mood disorders or difficulty with adjusting, and um, it can be really hard to understand what's going on. So, I'm happy to hear what you have to say about this and to hopefully give some hope to the moms who are having a hard time. Yeah, I hope so too. So, just to get started, In your bio, I mentioned that your postpartum OCD and how that experience led you to focus in perinatal mental health. Can you tell us a little bit
2: about that? Yeah, it was after the birth of my first child, as you mentioned, 12 years ago. Really excited to be a mother. It was a planned pregnancy. And shortly into my pregnancy, I started having a lot of concerns and worries bit out of the norm of the typical worrying mom. Mm -hmm. and My medical team just kind of laughed it off. They thought I was really funny with the way that I presented my fears and basically just kind of shunned me off and said, oh, you'll get over it. It'll be fine. But I didn't get over it. And it just continued to get bigger and bigger and bigger until I gave birth and ended up having a really traumatic experience following birth where I had Mm -hmm. my first serious intrusive thought.
1: Mm.
2: and scared me to death. I had never thought a violent thought before in my life, Mm -hmm. and this thought and the image that came along with it was very violent, and also it didn't correlate with my concept of a role as a mother. Mothers aren't supposed to be violent, but here I am, Mm -hmm. my very first few minutes in motherhood, and I'm having violent thoughts So that really shook me and I didn't quite understand it. And I was terrified to share it with anyone else because I was concerned about how other people would view what I was saying or thinking. I just kept it quiet. Wow. How
1: long did you keep that quiet? How long until you got
2: help? I probably, thinking back to it, I think that my OB was probably the first person that I truly opened up with. I was terrified of sharing it with my husband I was afraid he would think that I was insane and he'd take my daughter away from me. Mm-hmm. And my thoughts were about protecting her. And if she was taken away from me, I wouldn't be able to protect her. So, so it was kind of panic mode at my six week checkup. I went to my OB and sat down with her and said, I think something's really wrong. And I shared with her some of the thoughts that I was having, still protecting it a little bit. And she was really great and said, yeah, that's concerning. And, Together, she and I decided to put me on medication and that I would try and go to therapy, but therapy was not helpful at all. And in and of itself has its own traumas in my story. Okay. If you don't mind me asking, did you go to a therapist who was not
1: trained in maternal mental health?
2: Yeah, basically, because 12 years ago, I don't think that there was a lot of talk about providers being trained in it. Yeah. Yeah. At the time, we just called it postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. but it was also in 2004 coming off of Andrea Yates's case. Mm. So there was a lot of talk about if moms were struggling postpartum, it's because they want to kill their babies. Oh, no. So I did, I went to a therapist who was very well known in our community. She had checked off a box that she treated women's mental health. When I sat down with her, I asked her if she was familiar with postpartum depression, and she said yes. But as I proceeded to open up to her about my intrusive thoughts, as a therapist, I knew that she was taking a lot of notes and asking a lot of really investigative questions. And I had asked her if she was preparing to report me to child protection, and she said yes. Wow. Wow. So that was my first episode with therapy. My second episode with therapy was a therapist who told me that postpartum depression didn't exist. Oh my gosh. And then my third therapist told me that I just had issues with my mother that I needed to resolve.
1: No. Oh my gosh. That is hard to believe in this day and age. Oh my gosh.
2: So I felt pretty frustrated and defeated at that point and gave up with therapy. Yeah. It helped. But I needed more than that. And as I was progressing through the disorder and noticing the parts that the medication wasn't treating, I knew that I needed something. So I just went on a adventure of my own to try and figure out what postpartum OCD was, to give it a name, to understand the symptoms. Then coming out of that, that's where I was just like, I have to find meaning in this. I have to find, there has to be a reason why I went through all of this.
1: Mm. Yes. Wow. I mean, without necessarily going into your own personal story, I imagine that that's part of what led you to specialize in this.
2: Yeah. By the time I had kind of basically treated myself and
1: Mm
2: -hmm. all of the studying that I did in order to try and help me feel a little bit better and feel a little bit more empowered, I felt like I have to find meaning in why this happened to me. I have to find a way to have a voice because I felt like through the whole course of my experience from pregnancy until postpartum, I didn't feel like I had a voice. I felt like I tried to very meekly administer that voice, but that voice kept getting shut down. So once I was recovered, I felt like I need to have a voice and I need to have a voice that's going to matter because there are going to be other women who are going to go through this. And it's a horrible experience to have to go through alone. Yeah. And i felt really passionate about women shouldn't have to go through this alone, and they should feel empowered to be able to speak up and talk openly about what they're going through and find other women, other moms out there who can share in their suffering. Wow, absolutely. I mean, that's right. What
1: other better way to transform what happened to you and your experience into something
2: empowering? You know, yeah, and I found Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota, which was an organization that was just starting up, based on some requests from PSI, ended up being my platform, and now I'm directing the organization with <laughs> therapists, and it's going really well. And I feel like we're fighting really hard to advocate for moms in our state and to create a voice for the postpartum community. Wow. That's so amazing.
1: Uh, I'm so happy you're doing that work and that you found a place. I mean, it's just, to to go through all of that and like you said, to feel like you don't have a voice and now you kind of are one of the voices is so cool.
2: Yeah, thanks for saying that.
1: Yeah, it's really awesome. You know, and a lot of moms go through this and a lot of us who are specialists have gone through something and we end up, you know, becoming specialists and, and helping other moms in this way. But not all moms do. A lot of moms go go through stuff and don't, you know, end up leading an organization or, you know, specializing as a therapist or anything like that, but still are searching for meaning and for
2: understanding and for empowerment and to get through this. Um, yeah. You don't have to run an organization in order to feel empowered or to find your voice. I think just simply finding your voice either within your own family yeah. or finding voice within your own treatment or your community or just connecting with other moms and being a voice within that. Yeah. Well, that's that's a good point. And it makes me think about, you know, how
1: hard of a time this period can be and how hard it can be to feel like you have a voice or even know what to say. And I think you touched on in your own personal experience, a lot of the reasons why moms do feel disempowered and lost is that apparently the people who are supposed to help you. Some of them don't understand. And that can feel very uh, disempowering.
0: This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go. And that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube. And she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs. What they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood
3: Explains. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.
2: Yeah, I think coming out of my own experience, I really felt that childbirth was a very medical experience. Mm -hmm. Everything that I had learned through childbirth education made it a very medical experience. And I think that we really lose sight of the human spirit within the birthing process. Mm -hmm that needs to be something that we start to bring forth and allow moms to not necessarily feel in control or have a voice within the medical aspect of their birth, but to definitely have a voice and have their human spirit be present during other aspects of their birth, such as who would they like to have visitors at the hospital or who they would like to be present there. There's so much that a mom can have control over and it's not all medical.
1: Yeah, that's really great. So in terms of how hard this period of time can be and reasons that why moms may feel disempowered or lost. Can we you know, talk a little bit about the ways in which like if a mom who's listening right now, what could she relate to in terms of, yeah, I really felt like I didn't have power there. or I felt like I didn't know what to do.
2: Yeah, I think in general, we just do a really poor job in preparing and supporting moms into their role of motherhood. Childbirths just come naturally. We expect them to birth their babies with minimal information and just to kind of put their trust in their medical team.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like you said, the birthing process is very medical. Right. And the human spirit needs to be a part of that. Think we focus a lot on educating moms about the medical choices involved rather than helping them feel empowered over their experience. Yeah, And I don't feel like there's much help or guidance in supporting a mom in her new role and identity of as a mother. So true. So within that, because it's like this is a sort of a cultural
1: societal, maybe a thing or aspect is that we're not necessarily including that in the pregnancy process and in the birthing process. What are ways that moms can find empowerment and find meaning in their story when they've
2: been struggling? Well, I think we can look at the definition of empowerment, which is the ability to make a decision, to make a difference, to not feel alone, and to create effective change. And I think if you just kind of look at that definition in and of itself and start to break down those four different components, moms can find ways within either their own personal story or in the community that they're involved with and find some minute little area that they can tap into in those four components to create change and to feel like within a community and that they make a difference and that they have a voice.
1: That's so important. You're bringing up such good points about this being so like such a sterile experience from the provider's perspective and All of the stuff is going on, you know, behind the scenes for the mom, her ideas of what motherhood is and what she wants it to be. And sometimes, you know, the things that we want to happen, well, oftentimes the things that we want to happen don't in and of itself can be disorganizing or disorienting rather. That can be disorienting and make it harder for moms to feel empowered and to understand why things are happening the way that they are.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree that you need to know as much information you can about the medical components of childbirth. But I also feel like when we talk about a birth plan, a birth plan is not, do you want an epidural or a C-section or vaginal birth? Because a lot of moms don't really have much of a choice as to what they do with those choices. But we have a lot of other choices basically the experience that you're having. I think a lot of my clients don't realize that if they've got a nurse that they're working with that they're just not connecting with, it is okay to say, I'm not connecting real well with you and this is my experience and it needs to be a healthy experience. Could I have a different nurse, please? Yeah. And so just feeling some empowerment in that way of really listening to your body and communicating what's going on with your body to your medical staff because they don't know what's going on, they can look at what you're hooked up to machine wise, but just being able to listen to your body and know what's going well and what's not going well, I think is Mm. another way to have your voice heard in that room. Right. Yeah. That doesn't really get
1: talked about in the more traditional birthing classes. I mean, that seems like it would be essential to have in there or to have some other class or way for moms to have a language I mean, you know, just in terms of saying, can I have another nurse? Most people in the process are not thinking that that's an option.
2: Yeah. And I think if you can afford a doula, doulas are amazing with being that voice for you and knowing that that's important. But a lot of moms don't realize that doula services are available to them or they can't afford them. That's true. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Doulas are a very good way to feel like you have somebody who has your back. They're there for you to support you in your process. And oftentimes, I think that part of a doula's job is to bring in that honoring your experience
2: part. Yeah, I think they can bring in that humanistic piece to it. Right.
1: So for the people that you help and support, is this something that comes up a lot in your work with them?
2: This is kind of primarily the work that I do with a lot of my clients. I think coming just from my own personal story and knowing how meaningful it was to me to find a voice and to feel empowered, I love sharing that and engaging in that conversation with clients. And it helps them to feel a little bit of sense of control over the disorder And so we do a lot of empowerment talk with, you know, what do you need to do with this experience? What sort of meaning do you want it to have? And if 10 years down the road, you're telling this story, do you still want it to be traumatic or would you like to feel empowered over it?
1: Right. So who's saying no to that? (laughs) I mean, who's saying, yeah, I want to still feel traumatized. I'm sure most people want to feel better. I imagine people don't know how how is that going to happen? How am I going to feel empowered when I don't feel well at
2: all? Yeah. And it's important to know that if you can take control over the aspects of the experience, you can come out of it with a sense of empowerment. And then what that means is that you've managed it rather than it managing you. Right. And that can be very difficult.
1: So even after you've had an experience where that you either feel overwhelmed by or traumatized, that you're currently struggling with, I think part of what you're saying is kind of rewriting the
2: story a little bit in the on, on your own terms. Yeah. And just having an acceptance that this is part of humanity. Pain is a part of humanity. We don't like that. That's a part of humanity, but it really is. And pain is what helps us to grow and be the best person that we can possibly be in our life. So if they can have an acceptance and let go of the fear of pain and suffering, you can transform it into a different experience. One of my all-time favorite quotes is from a movie called Unbroken. And the quote is, a moment of pain is worth a lifetime of glory. And I use that a lot with clients to let them know that you always need to be in the moment and realize that in this moment, you're experiencing a moment of pain, but beyond that pain is gonna be a lifetime of glory, that you're gonna look back on this experience and use it for empowerment and use it to help you be a better person.
1: Even if they're not able to fully see that as you're talking about it, it sounds like you're just giving them the
2: possibility. Yeah. Trying to take away that fear that this is going to last forever and that they're always going to feel this way. That you're not. It's, you are going to be able to get through it. But in that moment, it feels like it's so heavy and so hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, that is an experience that a lot of my clients have as well. Like they look at me and they're saying, so I'm going to get better. You promise this is going to go away. Just really needing something to hold on to that they're not going to feel this way forever. And that they will at some point in their process, they will be able to look back at their pain and either have grown from it or learn something from it. And you don't yeah. always know what that is.
2: I think that's why it's so important for us as a community to have a voice and to speak up and to let other moms know you're not alone. I've been through it, but okay. And a lot of my clients really are very receptive to and very intrigued and curious about my own personal experience with mm-hmm. OCD. It's a huge part of that process in the therapy room. And it really helps them to understand that, okay, here's a person that I'm looking at right here now. And she seems to really get it and to understand what's going on. And she is doing really well. And I can get there too, because she was 12 years ago is exactly where I am today.
4: Mm -hmm. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
5: Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: Yeah, right. So giving them kind of a lifeline of sorts through your own experience you know i mean it's it's within the therapy community it's relatively uncommon for therapists to be sharing their own stories but it seems that in our specialty helping moms it's kind of super important it's uh, very beneficial yeah to be real and, and to be honest that just in our experience it can help them feel hopeful and feel empowered although their meaning will be different from ours in their life does give them a sense that they'll get there.
2: Yeah. Through part of Pregnancy and Postpartum Support Minnesota, we have a helpline and part of our helpline is a peer support line. So we take moms who want to do volunteer work for our organization and they're at least one year post-recovery from their disorder. Mm -hmm. They serve as a peer volunteer. So it was very important to us as we were setting this organization up to have a community and a voice for moms and for those moms that weren't quite ready for treatment that we could connect them with another mother who had been through it and has recovered, mm-hmm. and that they could just connect with that mom and know that, okay, this is a place that I could possibly be.
1: Wow, that's such a great part of your organization. So the moms who have recovered there as support for moms who are still going through it? Yes, so cool. I'm- yeah. That's really a great, great part of it. I think that kind of mom-to-mom, when you can really relate on just a very real level, is so important. Just to know that they're not alone. Yes. That's so great. So the support people are also, on some level, helping those moms be empowered and find meaning and find their voice through their
3: struggle.
2: Yeah. Once you can be successful at that, then... The disorder in and of itself isn't so traumatic. Oh, once you can find that your meaning. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Right. Because otherwise, it can feel, you know, I felt for me and I think it feels for a lot of moms just like you're sort of lost in this mess of stuff that's just, it <laughs> that feels like very hard to get out of. And really having something to hold on to where they have hope for feeling empowered and for finding meaning can could be what it takes to help them start get a footing and
2: finding the ground. Yeah. And this isn't what motherhood is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be traumatic. It's not supposed to be filled with disorders. It's supposed to be amazing and miraculous and wonderful. And then if it ends up not being that way for a mom, then she kind of sits there and wonders, why me? What's happening to me? Well, she can find that meaning in it, whether it's That I was supposed to have this so that I can help other moms, or I was supposed to have this disorder so that I can be the best mother that I can possibly be and spend the rest of my life really working on perfecting that role. Whatever that meaning is, it's so gracious to be able to find that and to be able to utilize it to help you be the best person that you can possibly be.
1: Right. So there's a lot of healing that can happen in other ways, sometimes unexpected ways, but also transformation out of the pain.
2: Yeah. And I think transformation is the perfect word for it. Yeah. Uh, That's something that we're doing throughout our entire role as a mother is transforming and utilize this experience to help you constantly transform into something great. Right. I mean, I think there's,
1: you know, for my personal experience and for some of the moms that I've met with, it's like sometimes some of the things that we were dealing with before we even got pregnant or had a baby kind of can come to a head And really present themselves as something that needs to be addressed. So sometimes you can even come out of this experience, oftentimes come out of the experience feeling better than you did before. Yeah. Because
2: you're addressing some stuff that was really maybe needed to be addressed. And I think we can come out of it with an amazing understanding of motherhood and what motherhood means.
1: Yeah, that's so true. So let's say support people, you know, of a mom or other providers, what could a support person do to help a mom get through this process to lead them towards finding empowerment and finding meaning?
2: You know, I'm going to take the lead on my OB because when I was going through it and I went to her and said, I think that I've got some postpartum depression or something, her response was, okay, I don't know a lot about this, but I'm going to take your lead and you educate me on what you're going through and what your experience with it is. And together, two minds are better than one and we will figure this out. And I think that that was something that was so reassuring to me of I'm not alone in this and she doesn't get it, but at least she's not pushing me off and just saying, oh, I don't know anything about it. Maybe go see somebody else. Uh-huh. She sat there with me and said, let's figure this out together. And that was really, really helpful. I think that anybody who might not understand it or connect with it can at least sit with a mom and just say, okay, this is your experience. Share with me. What is it? What are you going through? And I might not be able to tell you what to do about it, but I can definitely try and help you work through this.
1: That's perfect. I mean, right? So you don't have to know everything. Right. You don't, you don't have to know the answers. You don't have to be an expert. You can just sit and hold their hand and listen and say, well, we'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. And that can be used. A spouse can do that. Mm-hmm. A partner can do that. A grandparent can do it. Mm-hmm. A friend can do it. Right. So that
1: sounds incredibly compassionate and non judgmental. And also takes the pressure off of the person who's supporting them. They don't need to know all of the answers you know, through maybe some listening and supportive conversations, two people are figuring it out or more or whatever. And I think you hit on a great point that a lot of people feel like, well, since I don't know, and I can't help or I don't know what to do. So I'll just be quiet or whatever. Wow, how nice would it be if we could just meet them where they are? So I don't know either, but we'll figure it out. That's great. Yeah.
2: And I think just having that statement, a blanket statement that any support person in, in that person's life can make, that it's a universal statement and it's a wonderful statement to make.
1: Ah, it's So good. Well, I can tell from, you know, just talking to you, all the compassion that you have in your voice and the deep understanding that you have about what moms go through, all the work that you're doing. It's, you know, your experience has transformed you to, to be doing what you're doing now and now to be able to help so many other moms and people in your community
2: is awesome. Thanks. I hope that I'm doing that.
1: Yeah, I think you have to be. <laughs> we, you may not never hear them, you know, they might never tell you specifically, hey, I heard you or I took this yeah. class or whatever. But just, you know, by you being open about your experience and really speaking to this important topic about finding empowerment and finding meaning and searching for that, whatever it is for you. Like you said, it doesn't have to be leading an organization. It could be just realizing that there's some stuff that you needed to fix for yourself or, you know, a relationship that needed to change because of how you're feeling or whatever, that the meaning can be anywhere. And the empowerment can come in the in many different forms. Yeah. Okay, Lisa, thank you so much for all of this. This is just a great perspective to have. And I really hope the moms and providers who are listening can hear that really empowering the mom and, and helping her find a meaning, whatever that is for her, how, how important that can be in her recovery and, and her healing. So those of you who are listening, Postpartum Support Minnesota has a Facebook page, and they have a Twitter account at PP Support MN. And also Lisa has her own Twitter at, at Lisa Cross L M F T. So you can find more information about Postpartum Support Minnesota and Lisa Cross at those places. And I thank you so much for being on with us today, Lisa.
2: Great. Thank you for having me.
1: By joining us today and listening, you're a part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this free podcast so that Mom & Mind can be found by moms, families, and providers who will benefit from hearing our talks. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com where you will also find links and information from today's episode. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community.